0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to MS Momentum, the show for people with MS, their family and supporters. On OARFM today, we're going to talk about fatigue again, and today, again, it's Valerie. We will have actual people on the next show, with any luck. Now, today's show will be some tips on how to manage the pesky wee beastie that is fatigue. So how did you get on with keeping a fatigue diary? Notice any patterns? No panic if you didn't manage to start the diary yet. There's still time. But actually your family might be a good indicator of patterns for you. You might not want to hear what they have to say about you being grumpy after you've had a work meeting, but it might be useful. Ah, yes, time to learn about how to manage fatigue. So last time we talked about the things that can lead to fatigue and a little bit about the impact of this. Most of you will be more than aware, so no chatting about that this time. Fatigue can be physical, emotional or mental. So how can you manage your fatigue? I have again read the course material from the Minimize Fatigue, Maximize Life course that the wonderful people at like MS and Parkinson's Canterbury created. So here are some tips. If you did the diary, you will have identified things that improve or increase your fatigue. I know that sometimes fatigue to sneak up on us tends to sneak up on people but part of the idea of the diary is to figure out if it does sneak up on you or if actually it's a reaction to things that you've done the day before. Sometimes we don't, life is so busy we forget what we've done the day before and that can all contribute to how fatigued you're feeling. What are the things that make you feel recharged? It is really important to keep these things in mind as well as what rings you out. So the four D's of managing fatigue, which are fantastically easy to remember, are dump it. Energy wasters that you do that you actually don't need to do. Ironing. Do you need to do it? Delay it. There are some things we need to do, but you can wait until you have more energy. Delegate it. Get someone else to do it. Can someone do your gardening, your food prep, or your housework, or your luxing, or your mowing lawns? Do it within reason. These seem like fairly basic concepts. It is putting them into practice it can be the tricky part. You don't have to do everything. Other people in your family can help. And that's particularly for the mums out there who, if you're anything like me, will rush around and try and get everything done for everybody in the family. But actually sometimes you do we do need to ask for help. And even in asking a family can be the hardest people we find to ask for help. And asking for help brings up other issues around frustration about not being able to do things for yourself. And I know that's really hard. I find it really frustrating that I can't reach the top cupboard, but the joy of having a beastie child that can is actually quite good. So I've turned that around. I just yell and he comes running, not really. But he will open the cupboards for me. So you knew this was coming, but if you get... but if you get the help with the everyday stuff, you can do more of the things you really want to do. Acknowledging you need help is the big step. And it's easier for other people to not realise this. If you have taught through the spoons idea with your family of having, you know, maybe six spoons when everybody else has 10 or 12 spoons for the day's energy level, they might have some light bulb moments. Other people are not mind readers. You have to tell them that you need help. And particularly with the mess when you look fine and you feel like rubbish, people don't understand the concept of someone looking really well and actually being quite unwell. And pain is something that people don't see. So finding your own fatigue limits is unique. You're more than likely already doing this. Do you have limits? When do you know you are reaching your limit and how do you figure that out? So, I can do it, I can do this, I will do this, are all very common things I hear. But if you do that, what is the consequence? If you overreach yourself, how much more fatigued are you going to be the next day? What is the harm in asking somebody to help? If you have help and people, other people in the house, Make use of them. If they moan about it, just say, I'm paying the bills, thanks. I've been having a wee think about some of the great things that people living with MS have come up to manage with fatigue. So these are some of the things I've just learnt from clients over the years, and it's really cool to see people managing stuff without even thinking about it, really. It's, some of this stuff is really, really simple and really easy and really effective. So, slow cookers, a lifesaver, saving you energy and time. Yes, there's a bit of organising to do and prep. The handy thing about slow cookers is that there are a million and one ideas on the internet. Even outrageously organised people who do the dump cooking thing, getting all the ingredients together for several meals, freezing them, then literally dumping them into the slow cooker when needed. I have a friend that does this. It's a family of six, so she needs to be super organised. So cool. This could be a family event, though. You could get the kids or a partner to chop things up. If you've got kids that are big enough, they could be more than healthy. Chop, help chopping up potatoes or peeling them even. Helping pick the meals. This is one of the things I find really hard. Every night thinking, what, you're going to have for tea? So if you sit down with the kids and the husband or the partner or whatever and say, what are we going to have this week? That's meal planning and then everybody's going to get something they want to eat, and you're not going to have the kickback of, I don't want to eat that. I do hate that. Um, but getting a family involved in doing those things is quite cool. I know one client's got, their children have turned about cooking that night. Mum and dad are too busy, so the kids cook. I think that's excellent. There's not no reason why you know teenage children can't be helping out around the house. Having a dryer is another wee thing. Rather than hanging out the washing, that you will know, can be a workout in itself. Getting stuff straight into the dryer and done. Proaching stools. If you've had any, anything to do with an OT, you'll know what they are. You can lean on them in the kitchen while you're getting tea ready. Having all the things you need ready before you start cooking is a great energy saver. Sliding things along the bench rather than chucking them in low cupboards, which you then have to lift out. Do you have a mobility parking permit? You can park closer to the places you want to go with one of these. CCS Disability Action sells these and they can be used across the country. A total mobility card is another thing. It's making taxis half price. It can be a game changer as well. And a bus pass, rather than the hassle of parking in town, get the bus. Soon enough the new hospital will be closer to the bus hub. If you're a gold card holder, even better, free buses are mostly wheelchair friendly The buses even kneel for those with sticks and walkers and wheelchairs. Musical choice on OAR today is 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Simon and Garfunkel. Basically because it's got the word plan in it because you're going to remember that aren't you?
1: back, Jack Make a new plan, Stan You don't need to be coy, Roy You just listen to me Hop on the bus, Gus You don't need to discuss much Just drop off the key, Lee And get yourself free She said it grieves me so To see you in such pain I wish there was something I could do Just listen to me. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key and get yourself free.
0: That was 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Get a new plan, Stan, by Simon and Garfunkel on MS Momentum. Hoping that line might stick with you as we head into the next bit of the show. Okay, we're now into the smarter part of managing fatigue. We've talked about the four Ds, which were dump, delay, delegate and do within reason. We have to put that proviso on. So here are the four Ps. Plan, prioritise, pace, pacing at least, and preserving. So plan. How do you plan your time? What works and what doesn't? Do you plan a rest or something nice for yourself? Prioritise things you absolutely need to do at the top, usually when you have the most energy. Next are slightly less important things. So we're looking at planning your time and prioritising what you do. Can you do all of these things and what will your fatigue look like when you have? If you have been doing the same things the same way for a while, Is your plan still working or do you need to make adjustments? Life changes. So adjusting and being flexible enough to do those adjustments needs to be quite important. Pacing. Pacing a way to keep fatigue fatigue in check. So balancing doing an activity with rest or with different activities mixed up. Pacing and planning are key to managing your fatigue. The diary becomes quite important to figuring out when and why fatigue kicks in, especially if life is busy. The fourth P is preserving and not just jam. Doing things efficiently and with equipment. Using a cake mixer rather than an egg beater. Way easier on your arms. And using tools to help make life easier. So we talked about the slow cooker before. Have you had someone put from an OT? Tools are so handy. Whiteboards to white things on. Fridges work really well for this, just remember to use an erasable pen. And smartphones are great for keeping shopping lists and a diary on. Put your keys in the same place every day. So different types of fatigue will need different rest types. You may well be managing these now without realizing. If you're physically fatigued, then sitting, watching TV or doing a job at a desk might be manageable. Mental or emotional fatigue might require a quiet room with low stimulus, like a darker room with no telly. Having a rest. How do you pace yourself at work and at home? I was unwell a wee while ago, not COVID, and needed to rest after everything I did. Hung out the washing, had a rest. The thought of a shower just knackered me. Your fatigue levels will be different, and the types of fatigue you will be you have will be different. Figuring out how to manage your fatigue will be the is the best thing that we want the result for you. So far, we talked about the four d's dump delay, delegate, and do and next was the four p's plan, prioritize pacing, and preserving. These are all great ways of working with and around your fatigue to make life easier. The different types of fatigue, physical, emotional, and mental are worth going over again though How you recover from these types of fatigue may well be different and different to how others do as well. If you know any other Mss with, have a chat with them. Fatigue is the most common of the symptoms, and people have fantastic ways of managing. Some of these might be might work for you, or you could be the one giving someone else tips or a fabulous idea. Neuro, fatigue, neuro naps are a great ten to twenty minutes only, though. Otherwise, you end up feeling worse. And fatigue can also be a sign of other things, so a UTI or low levels of iron. If you are feeling really run down, perhaps a chat to the GP might be in order. You will know yourself if your fatigue feels different. And also, don't. Because fatigue is so common, don't just think, oh, I've got MS, therefore the fatigue is from that. It could be from other things. You need to look after your general well-being um, as well. And it might be something else underlying that you're unaware of. This is MS Momentum on OARFM. You can listen to previous shows and this one, again, if you're really keen, on oarfm.org. If you fancy having a chat about the Female course, get in touch. I'll be looking at running it virtually later this year, 2022. The four Ds, dump, delay, delegate and do, along with the four Ps, plan, prioritise, pace and preserving energy, are the first two weeks of the Female course. The fatigue diary is a, a concise way of saying where you expend the most energy. Often we are so busy just getting through our days that we don't realise the way we do things as it is, usually doing the same things the same way might not be working. Maybe it's time to change things up a bit. I would suggest asking your family and friends when they notice that you're more tired because they might be aware of times in the day where you are more tired and you might not necessarily be aware of that because patterns in life... We get very used to doing the same things at the same time and all the rest of it. And sometimes a wee change can make a big, big difference. Don't be offended if someone says, Oh, yeah, you get really grumpy about this time of day. Because actually, that's good for you to know. So you can work around that and say, Oh, well, if you're getting grumpy at that time of day, have a wee break. I talked with someone the other day who just does amazing amounts of exercise and then said, oh, yeah, but I have to sit down for an hour. And I'm like, but they get up and do another hour's worth of exercise after that. And if you are exercising, the key is if you are exercising and two hours after the exercise you're still feeling tired, you've overdone the exercise. I'm not expecting anybody to climb Mount Everest. I just want you all to feel a bit better and to feel a bit more in control of your fatigue Because it is so common And it is It can be depressing And it can make you feel down And fatigue is really hard to explain to other people And if you're feeling too fatigued to go out with your friends And and every time they ask you You're like, oh no I'm not sure Because you're unsure if your fatigue level is going to be okay To go out with your friends People do stop asking And I would like to put some things in place for you so that you can go out and enjoy those things with your friends. Maybe if it's, no, I really don't want to meet for a coffee tonight, could I meet you for a morning tea in the morning? There's, if we give people options, they're much more likely to say, okay. So instead of saying, drink after work, if someone says to you, oh, do you want to make for a drink after work or go out for dinner and to say, actually, could we do brunch at the weekend? Maybe it is that mornings are better for you, easier for you and you know you can recoup in the afternoons or if you're going out at night at the weekends, you might need a wee restorative nap or a restorative rest or a preventive, which I think is a fantastic idea, a preventive rest before you go and deal with people or go and do your grocery shopping. We things like parking closer if you've got um, the CCS disability parking permit that can conserve your energy another thing if you're doing your own shopping is actually write your list and the way the shop is set out so the fruit and vegetables are normally first I do this it just, I don't, doesn't even occur to me that I don't do it but I go and get the fruit and vegetables first and then I work my way around the supermarket so I don't have to come back again to carry on and see what I forgot seven aisles away or do it online that saves, or get it delivered, even if you do the shopping and pick it up, which is a great resource I know a few mums use with MS just because it means they don't have to go around the supermarket. market. I think we underestimate how much energy we expend every day doing things that we just do without thinking about it. Now, that was enough of me waffling, wasn't it, there? It's going to carry on until the show is finished, so we'll just keep going. So exercise, yay. Recommendations are for adults 150 minutes a week minimum. That averages out to slightly more than 20 minutes a day. So break it down into 10 minutes every day out to the letterbox and back. Stand in while you're doing the dishes. Luxing. The fitter we are, the more likely we are to have more energy. And sleeping well is another important thing in the battle against fatigue. I had a child a chat with a client the other week about how adjusting bedtime slightly can improve this so going to bed at the same time every night and getting up at the same time every morning can be a useful way of training your body for better sleep if you've gone to bed and it takes longer than 20 minutes to go to sleep get up and go for and go out of your bedroom and then come back in when you're feeling a bit sleepier Sleep hygiene is the new improved term for having a nice bedroom to sleep in and a nice bed and clean sheets and all the rest of it. Make sure your room's dark, that's another thing that can help us and actually sometimes going to bed and just going through your day, ticking off the things that you've done, writing down three things you're grateful for or want to do tomorrow or if you've had a really bad day, write down what's really annoyed you the most and then leave it there on the bit of paper. If it's out of your brain, it's sitting there. It's not, you're not going to be chewing it over, hopefully. Everything does take effort initially, so balancing what you want to achieve in the long term with short-term changes may well make your life better. That's the aim. 20 minutes exercise a day and keeping a diary of what you do. Hmm. Part of planning for better fatigue management. I would start with a diary. Small steps are easy gains. The old, smart planning again. Small, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely goals are much more likely to be done. Fatigue isn't likely to be your only MS symptom. If you're feeling down or low for more than two weeks, do talk to your GP please. So depression is way more common in people with MS than in the general population. Medications... Therapy, behavioural changes and exercise and diet can all play a part in feeling better. And the green prescription from Sport Otago can be a great tool for you to use. Ask your GP about this or you can self-refer. Sometimes a wee nap before going out for an event or just a rest can make the difference. Preventative rest, something that you can make use of more often. I hope this has given you something to think about. By the way, I still haven't started a diary. I was unwell and it got in the way. But I have started taking, tr- keeping track of life and I've actually been outside more. I make a point of going outside every day when I get home. It hasn't rained yet. Just so that I am doing something a bit different. It's not fair of me to expect you all to be doing things d- differently if I can't do that myself. Now, recent research from um, Professor G, Gavin Givanoni, who's out of the UK, he has decided that exercise should be the new disease-modifying therapy for MS. That is, there is a correlation between the exercise you do and how your MS is. It's not going to stop MS, nothing will, but it's a good place to start to make life a bit easier and a bit more manageable the fatigue diary is about managing your fatigue not exercising don't get the two confused i want you i would really love it if everybody kept a diary and then let me know if they found out what what they found out what were they doing that they didn't know they were doing that was causing the most fatigue that would be a really interesting thing for people to let me know okay i hope this has given you quite a lot to think about very probably As always, take care of yourselves. Give me a bow if you want to talk or just say, why did you tell us to do that, Valerie? This has been MS Momentum on OAR with just Valerie. Next time we'll have an actual radial star. Toodles.